Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome in to another edition of Inside Boxing Live. I am your host, Dan Canobio. We'll be with you for the next 48 minutes of hardcore boxing talk. And we are here, Terrence Crawford, Sean Porter, Fight Week. And joining us on the show, Stephen Breadman Edwards, uh, one of the best trainers in boxing, one of the best boxing minds in boxing, longtime trainer of J-Rock, uh, Julian Williams. He had Kyron Davis. He was in his corner this past weekend with, in David Benavidez fight. We'll get his thoughts on that stoppage. We'll get his thoughts on David Benavidez. And, of course, what he thinks about Crawford and Porter. Nice uh, conversation with Breadman Edwards about the X's and O's. How will Crawford take this fight? Uh, how will Porter bring the fight to Crawford? Uh, which I think he will do as one of the best power punchers in the welterweight division. Also joining us on the show, I'm excited about this one, Alicia Baumgartner. You saw her last weekend knock out Terry Harper, one of the best uh, upset wins of the year. And a star is born in women's boxing. A star is born in boxing in general. Uh, she's a Ford model. She's signed to Adidas. Uh, she used to wrestle as a kid, beating boys. And now she is over, uh, taking over the 130-pound division or trying to take over uh, the division because a fight with Michaela Mayer makes all the sense in the world for late 2022, which could be an undisputed fight uh, at 130. So interesting takes from her. Interesting takes from Breadman. And history takes in the world of boxing because Canelo Alvarez threw a complete bomb on the boxing world this past week at the WBC convention in Mexico when his trainer, Eddie Reynoso, officially petitioned the WBC to bypass a uh, defense at 168 to jump up to cruiserweight to fight Alunga Makabu. Who is Alunga Makabu, you say? He is the WBC Cruiserweight champion. He's 28-2. and two. He's got 25 knockouts. A relative unknown. And I say that with all due respect. Okay? Uh, I, he, he is not known well amongst boxing fans. He is known among the boxing hardcores, which is a small community of people. But he is a challenge for Canelo Alvarez. And it's an interesting challenge for Alvarez. We're sitting here thinking maybe he'll fight Golovkin. We're sitting here thinking maybe he'll fight David Benavidez or one of these 175-pounders. No one had him jumping up to cruiserweight. And I have put out a tweet that, you know, uh, no one knows who Makabu is, and I don't want to see this fight next for, for Canelo. I stand by that. I mean, he, I don't mean that he's not a, a stern test. It didn't, wasn't any disrespect for Makabu. The guy is a cruiserweight champion. Uh, he has a lot of knockouts, uh, especially over his last eight fights. I think he has six stoppages. Uh, but he is a plotting type of fighter. Uh, he is a short cruiserweight. And we saw this past week, Mauricio Suleiman is lowering the weight limit for cruiserweight down to 190 to accommodate bridgeweight. So this is all in the sauce here for Canelo choosing or Canelo going out there and picking Makabu for his next fight. It could happen in the, uh, the Congo. It could be a huge event. I'm not against this fight, but I would, I'm, I would like to see Canelo fight at 168 more i want to see that happen next that's to me is his natural weight class 
I understand jumping up the history side of things. The guy's obsessed with history, Canelo. And eight of his last 11 fights have been for his opponent's belt. He loves being the challenger. It's how he gets out of bed in the morning, which keeps him going. I respect that. But I think a fight with Benavidez would be would be box office. I think it would be a really tough fight, too. You hear that uh, from Stephen Breadman Edwards in, in, in just a bit. I mean, these are the types of, of fights that I want to see uh, for Canelo. It's it's Benavidez. I mean, Charlo, I guess, at, at PBC. But I definitely want to see him get in there with David Benavidez, who I think is, uh, you know, no one deserves anything in boxing. I think the word deserve in boxing do not go hand in hand meritocracy doesn't exist in boxing, but if there's one guy at 168 who was a, is a former champion, I understand he lost the title twice because of cocaine and missing weight, but the guy, it's just a good fight on paper. You, if you close your eyes and think about Benavides and Canelo in a ring, it's violent. It's a tough fight and it's a marketable fight. So uh, that, that's that case with Canelo dropping a bomb on the, on the boxing world. Uh, we'll see what happens if it actually happens. A lot of fights get thrown around at these conventions and they don't ever end up happening. So who knows what we can see from Canelo in the next uh, couple of months. He's not fighting until May. It's amazing how Canelo took over this whole Porter and Crawford fight week. Uh, Terrence Crawford, and undoubtedly the biggest test of his career so far against Sean Porter, the guy, just like Canelo is a lightning rod. No matter what he does, it's going to get picked apart. Uh, you know, you have people saying that he's a top three pound for pound fighter, Terrence Crawford. Then they have the other end of the spectrum of people saying that Crawford is just a beneficiary of a very weak, uh, weak resume. I think Crawford, beginning with this Saturday against Porter, has a chance to put an exclamation point, has a chance to erase all doubts about his legacy uh, by beating Porter to start and then going on and facing an Errol Spence going on. He's talked about fighting Thurman. I don't know exactly what that does besides, uh, you know, present a, a name that people know and maybe a, a good uh, paycheck, but maybe an Ennis fight, maybe a fight with Virgil Ortiz. There are a lot of names out there for, for Crawford to go after, uh, after Porter this is a good first step uh, for him uh, to, to get into some uh, fights with these bigger names. But it's now fight week for Porter and Crawford. Uh, this past weekend, we saw some outstanding fights over on DAZN. Kiko Martinez picking up an, a, a crazy win uh, over Kid Galahad. Alicia Bumgarner, who you'll hear from, too, with her uh, knockout win as well. And also this week on Friday night, Demetrius Andre, another guy that was trying to get into the Canelo sweepstakes, is fighting Jason Quigley. Jessica Maravis, Kaylee Reese. Uh, on the women's side of things uh, as part of, of a tournament that they're putting on. So we're in this, we're in the middle of it. We're in the heart of this November to remember that I've been talking about for weeks now. And it's, it's, it's living up to the hype two weeks in, we got two more weeks to go. Of course, next week, Tifimo, Cambosos, Fulton, and uh, uh, Figueroa. But uh, obviously all things are going to converge on Crawford and Porter. So let's hear from Steven Bradman Edwards. All right, let's bring in our guest here. You know I'm Stephen Edwards, bread man, uh, boxing trainer, great boxing mind coming us coming to us from the comfort of his bed. Look at this. This is great. So <laughs> I love to see this guy. You, you're all over the place. You're just in Arizona, uh, you know, training uh, Kyron Davis. So you deserve the R and R, right? Oh man, those <laughs> flights, those flights wear you out, man. Yeah, those, everybody think it's a vacation, but it's not. I got home Sunday. I had to be in the gym Monday. I have uh, two kids. One fights December 2nd and another one fights December 11th. So, yeah, I hear you, man. Yeah, before we get to Crawford and Porter, I do want to talk about what happened this past weekend in, in, in Phoenix. You had Kyron Davis, the guy 
is very tough. I think he had a great showing in there, you know, two weeks notice going up against a, a real tough opponent. And David Benavides, what's the latest on him? How's he doing? How's he feeling? He's doing good. I actually saw him call me last night and uh, he was in the gym. You know, I stay on him about keeping his weight down and, you know, things like that. So, you you know, because in boxing, you know, unless you're like an A-side star type of fighter, mm -hmm. you're not going to get um, but so much notice to fight. So, uh, you know, I'm always on my guys like, man, you know, a lot of times you get these calls because the the powers that be think you aren't in the best shape. <laughs> so you can surprise them by staying in 75 to 80% shape. And then, you know, when the fight comes, you kind of can surprise them with your conditioning. So he was in the gym last night, which is a good thing. Wow. His spirits are up. He's doing good. Uh, I want to say he's more than just a tough guy, man. He's actually a skilled fighter. You know, he can fight, you know, um, unfortunately the blessings of matchmaking hasn't always been on his side, but he, he can fight, you know, um, it was a tough fight. We knew what we were up against, but, you know, I, I don't train fighters to not win. You know, we came to win and do the best we could. Um, I, I actually, you know, nobody knows this. I actually took less money to fight in a 10 rounder instead of a 12 rounder because I really believe he had a chance to win. And I didn't want to, um, you know, sell his chances down the drain by making him fight a 12 round fight with such a formidable fighter mm -hmm. with two weeks notice, you know, so. Um, I, I, we, we were serious about winning that fight. It's great that he's back in the gym. That I think fans will be happy to, to hear that. And the performance that he put on, I think, will lead to more performances. I know you tweet something maybe back at 160 or to 168, but uh, I, I want to see more of, of Kyron Davis. Uh, something happened in the fight. Where you threw in the towel, and I, I thought it was the right move. And it's something that I would like to see more, actually, in boxing. You know, nothing worse than a brave corner, nothing worse than a brave uh, referee, can you take us through the process of what goes through a trainer's mind before or while they are throwing in that towel? Um, it's a lot because, you know, I'm an optimistic person. I always believe my guy's got a chance to win. And, um, you know, um, you start taking some shots. And I know how he is when he gets a little tired. He might play possum to try to run you into a shot. Mm -hmm. So I knew what he was doing. And um, he was, you know, he was landing his fair share on Benavidez, but he wasn't catching him the way that I needed him to catch him to turn the fight around. So, you know, he kept telling me he was okay. Let him get a second win. And I tried to give him as much of the chance as I could, you know what I mean? But for two weeks notice, and I felt like that, you know, Karan has a really good chin. You know, I've had him since he was 18 years old. I've had him in some big camps with some big punchers. And he's always stood up, you know, I had him in camp with Triple G, Laura Lubin, you know, he's been around some really tough guys. And uh, I knew the kind of chin that he has is the kind of chin that um, can get you hurt because Benavidez is not a one punch guy, but he's a volume guy mm -hmm. and getting hit over and over and over again for those rounds because Benavidez is relentless with his approach. That's the kind of guy that can hurt you. So um, I know with Karan's heart, the type of fighter that Benavidez is, and the kind of fighter that may not put Karan down, but will keep the constant beating on him. I just didn't feel as though it was worth it. You know, yeah. um, I tried to give him a chance. I was told him every since the end of the fifth round, like, hey, man, you're going to have to, I want you to hurt this guy or, you know, turn try to turn the fight around. If not, it's, it's not even worth you know, having the pride of saying, well, at least I went 10 rounds, you know what I mean? 
Dude, and that's, that's music to fans ears man that's that's what i'd like to see more of i mean there's nothing wrong with living to fight another day especially taking the fight on, on two weeks notice but i know it, it can't be easy it can't be easy throwing no, in that towel. you don't see it you don't really see it a lot in boxing anymore you see guys first time that's the first time you ever threw the towel in 11 years as a pro wow. trainer the first time i ever had to do it and uh, it was tough, man. You know, no fighter wants to have a stoppage on their record. You know, it was a tough, tough call. Mm -hmm. I'm be honest. If we would have had a full camp, I probably wouldn't have did it because I knew he would have got his second win. But I couldn't chance it on a two-week camp. The mm -hmm. odds were so much against him. And, I mean, for real, for real, Karan saved the show. Yes. He saved, you know, <laughs> oh, he yeah. saved that show. Like, BBC is promoting Benavidez as the second coming. Nobody would have took that fight. You can't even get guys to take the fight David Benavidez on eight weeks' notice, let alone two weeks' notice. <laughs> well, and, and if they do take the fight on eight weeks' notice, they're taking EPO and, uh, you know, copious amounts of anabolic steroids like Uzatechi. Like, like Uzateki. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I know that some people wanted to see more of a show, but they should have been thanking us for even taking a fight. I know this is a fight. This is a card that was in trouble uh, twice. Uh, so yeah, yeah. The so, PBC. Like, yeah, you guys did some favors. Like, like, I could have. I, I did. Like Karan could have made more money. Like really, like he made a good amount of money in a career high payday, but mm -hmm. he saved a lot. Yeah, so did. you know, like I was just like, enough is enough. Like I mean, I know he wanted to go on, but it. it you know, at a certain point, man, you can't have pride with punches that somebody else is taking. No, you're right. So I just was like, you know, uh, I, 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 I'm still kind of aggravated because as crazy as this may sound, I feel like with a six-week camp, Karan's right with him. I do. I really honestly feel it's things that I saw in that fight that, like, he was 184 pounds when he, we got this call. <laughs> yeah, big dude. So oh, God, Kyron. Yeah, yeah. I thought you meant yeah, Benavidez I, is a big guy, too. Yeah, I had to cut 16 pounds in 17 days and get this kid as ready as I could, man. It wasn't mm -hmm. easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I just was just like, I'm, I'm, he, he, listen, it's a tough fight if he has eight-week camp. Mm -hmm. On a two-week camp with that kind of guy who was getting ready for 10 weeks, it's just tough. You know what yeah. I mean? So I was just like, you know, I'm not going to use the word not fair, but. The the, yeah, yes, exactly. They were stuck again. What do you think of, of Benavides now? He's obviously in line to, to fight Canelo. Uh, did you see something in there that you, you think could, could just disrupt uh, Canelo Alvarez? What did you see from Benavides? I think he's a tremendous fighter. You know, all fighters get hit, especially a guy who fights like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Who brings it. He's going to get hit. People say he gets hit a lot. Um, he, you know, he's a tremendous fighter. He's going to take punches. You know, that's how boxing works. Uh, he's he's an action fighter and he's violent. And when you put yourself on the line like that, you're going to get hit. Um, I give Canelo the advantage, but I think it's a really tough fight because if Canelo can't hurt that kid, the volume of punches that David throws, mm -hmm. head, body, he has a two-fisted attack and he has a variety. It's straight, you know, he throws straight shots. He's real fluid. He throws uppercuts. He throws hooks. He punches in rapid-fire combination. His jab is better than people give him credit for. Uh, if Canelo can't hurt him, he actually pushes a harder pace than what Canelo does. Oh, definitely, um, yeah. Throws 70 so, punches around. Yeah, so his pace is actually harder than Canelo's. Um, I think what will be an issue for David is he has, like, a long torso, mm -hmm. and you can't hit him to the body, 
and oh, Canelo man. is murdered to the bottom. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially uh, these tall so, guys, man. We, we ran the yeah, numbers. So it's absurd. It would be – that would be tough. Can he defend his body? Um, you know, also, um, David is not as physically strong as um, – I don't think he's as physically strong as Canelo. I'm not talking about punching, but I'm talking about physical strength. Yeah. Like Karan was able to push him a few times. I don't know if you noticed that Karan's a pretty physically strong kid. And Karan told me he's a good puncher, but he's not like overly physically strong. You know, Canelo's strong as an ox. Mm-hmm. So um, they both have their advantages. I think there's a slight edge to Canelo, but if Canelo can't discourage or hurt that kid, he has a real fight on his hands because the volume of punches that David throws you know, he could steal rounds and dr- kind of drown Canelo out. Yeah. You know, Canelo, at this stage in his career, he's down to one and two shots. Mm-hmm. David is like like a rapid-fire machine gun. Yeah, you got a guy in Canelo, it, he's under 40 around, and then you got a guy in Benavides who's throwing over 70. And yeah. he's throwing combinations, like you said, and power behind him, too. It's the torso, you're right. The, that's the main thing. That's how Canelo's been able to beat these taller guys. He's, he's yeah. hammering away on fighters above six foot and, and Benavidez is, is above six foot. So maybe uh, we see that fight, but a fight we will see this weekend is a big one. A lot of fans are geared up for uh, Terrence Crawford and Sean Porter. And we'll start with Crawford. Uh, the guy's a lightning rod, man. He's one of the most controversial fighters because you have one camp who looks at him as a pound for pound. Great. And you got the other end of the spectrum. That's like, thinks the guy's a beneficiary of a pretty weak uh, a resume, I think, starting with Trump Porter, it's in Crawford's hands over the next, I would say, four to five fights where he can leave no doubt about him being one of the, one of the greats of this era. That's what I think is one of the main storylines of this fight. It's Crawford's legacy. Uh, where do you think uh, he stands as of now heading into this, like, you know, mentality-wise, legacy-wise? He's a great fighter. I mean, these fans, they always got something to say. He's a great fighter, <laughs> man. Do. He's a pound-for-pound great. If he's not the best fighter in the world, I think there's four fighters in the world that separate themselves from everybody else. Crawford, Canelo, Monster Enal, and Usyk. Mm -hmm. Whoever you pick out of those is the best fighter in the world. It's up to you. They could go from one A, B, C, and D, however way you pick it. Those four guys are operating at a level that nobody else is operating at. And Crawford is among them. The easiest thing to do is to nitpick a resume and say, and, but I'm privileged to behind the scene things. And I'm going to tell you something. One of the reasons why some guys have better resumes is because they're more vulnerable and they're easier to beat. Mm-hmm. So matchmakers and managers allow their guys to fight certain fighters because they know what those guys are. So the guy with the best resume isn't always the best guy. It's the guy that more people are willing to fight and or offers the most money. So that's why, you know, a guy like Canelo, his resume is going to be spectacular because he can literally fight whoever he wants when he wants because because he offers every single fighter that he fights a career high payday. Absolutely. So you, you have to keep that in context. Mm-hmm. Terrence Crawford doesn't offer every fighter he fights a career high payday. What he offers them is a savage beating. That's what he offers them. So, you know, when people say that, I always say you guys have no idea because um, there's so much more that goes into making a fight of, oh, Dan, 
Dan and Brad said that the best fight is to make is the Crawford and Spence. Do you really think it just lies with Crawford and Spence? It's much, much bigger than that. Yeah. You know, so I just sit back and I let all these they, they, the Twitter makes up lies <laughs> and say things and like and I'll, and I'll sometimes I ask a guy like, well, who do you know in each camp? Exactly. Who, you, yeah. who, who can you call from Fox, Showtime, or ESPN to to do? Who do you know from Top Rank? Who do you know from Premier Boxing Network that will give you this information? You mm-hmm. guys are making up lies to satisfy your subjective preference. Yeah. His he, he's a great fighter. Uh, th- there has never been a fighter in the history of boxing who who's won three division titles, who's unified one title, what one division. And who's been ring champion in two of those divisions and not a Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah. He's, well, he's, he's definitely a Hall of Famer. It's just he's a great fighter. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, Brad. But the thing is, yeah, yeah. The thing is, is it's the resume. I mean, for what it is, if you just take a look at it, it's just cut and dry. It it, it does lack a name. But this starting with Porter. And we're happy that the WBO stepped in and made this fight. I mean, that's what you talk about these networks and stuff. The That's finally, I, I, an organization mandated a fight, uh, and it made sense and it works. That's why we're getting this fight. But well, he's he's going to be able to to put an exclamation for it. I'm trying to say Crawford. He, I think, he, I think that we have to give hand. props to Sean Porter as well. Yeah, I was going to get it to him Sean next, Porter, but Sean Porter wanted to make this fight. Everybody talks about crossing the street. Sean Porter was willing to cross the street. Mm-hmm. You know the reason why a lot of guys haven't fought Crawford is because they don't want to fight him. Sean Porter's a dog. He's an animal. He's the kind of guy that says, yo, I'll fight him. He's not that bad. I'll do it. But guess what's going to happen if he beats Sean Porter? They're going to talk about Sean Porter having three losses already. They're going to talk about the fact that Sean Porter may have got a gift against Ugas. Mm -hmm. They're going to talk about Sean Porter losing to Kel Brook. They're going to talk about him losing to um, uh, Earl Spence. And losing to Keith Thurman. I'm telling you, that's just how this media works. They're not going to give this kid props for beating the guy with three losses already because they've already seen Sean Porter lose three times. Yeah, and he had I'm, a seeing both. I'm seeing both so, of it. So, I'm seeing both. I've seen people say, you know, like giving Porter credit, saying, or giving Crawford, you know, if Crawford wins, this is a legitimate win, but I still want to see him fight Spence. You still want to see him fight. It's going to be a lot of bucks. Guys. Yeah, it's always that. I mean, yeah, we're on Twitter. Can I tell you something, Dan? I'm going to tell you something. The the guy, Mean Machine, that he fought, this is the degrees of separation that Crawford has. The kid, Virgil Ortiz, just struggled with him. Mm -hmm. Um, Josh Taylor and Jose Ramirez had a tough time with Victor Postal. You, You remember those fights? Oh, of course. Crawford smokes those kind of guys, and it's like it's nobody on his resume. <laughs> I know he's the making this guy he's of separation of that he has. Yeah. If Josh Taylor is a pound for pound guy, which he is, he had a pretty tough night with Victor Postal, mm-hmm. but t- and he fought him after Crawford did. Mm-hmm. Crawford dominated Postal and knocked him down, and people say there's nobody on his resume. Like, just yeah. think about this: Crawford knocks out Gamboa. When Gamboa is undefeated, Devin Haney's a, a member of the Four Kings, right? <laughs> quote unquote. Shane Davis is a member of the quote unquote Four Kings. They go 12 rounds with Gamboa five years after Crawford knocks yeah, him out. I know. So his, his degree of separation for the level of his and I love Devin Haney and Tank Davis. I think they're great fighters. But Terrence Crawford 
Fort Gamboa, way closer to his prom, had a way easier time with him and stopped him inside of seven or eight rounds. And those guys go 12. I think Davis finally knocked him on the 12th round. Haney went the distance with him. And people talk about Crawford's level of competition. I'm telling you, I don't think he has a great resume. He don't have Canelo or Pacquiao's resume, but his resume is not that bad as people wants to make it out to be. He has what you call a bunch of solid B plus fighters on his resume. Yeah. And he could change that. And he can, he can really, really at at age 34, still has time. still in his prime. Uh, He can really, really change that starting Saturday. Let's go to Porter. Who, how about a Sean Porter appreciation post right here? Any place, anytime, anywhere. He really lives up to that credence. 11 of his last 13 fights have been against world titleists. We're talking about a resume that has Spence, that has Danny Garcia, that has Keith Thurman, that has Ugas, Kel Brook, Adrian Broner, Devin Alexander, Paulie Malinaji go up and down. And now he can add Terrence Crawford onto that list. Sean Porter... Win or lose is a guy that we're going to remember 10, 15 years as a guy who just fought everyone and gave guys tough fights. And I expect that Saturday. Yeah, he is. He, he really is. He's probably not like a Hall of Fame fighter, but he's one of those tough era fighters. Mm-hmm. He's one of those tough guys from your era that you had to be in the era to know who he is. He's a hard day's work for anybody. You know, he's well-rounded. He boxes better than people give him credit for because he's not like a fancy boxer. He doesn't have like a bunch of flashy moves, but he has, he has good pedigree, strong. He has a good chin. Sean Porter is a solid, well-rounded guy. He kind of reminds me of a little bit of Tim Bradley, maybe a slight level below, Mm -hmm. but you know, close to it. Cause Tim Bradley's a hall of famer. He's, 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 he's like that kind of guy. Sean Porter can fight, man. Yeah. It's, 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 you can't really say anything bad about him. You know, like he, (laughs) He's asking for all killers, you know, and he chased this fight down. Like he, he's like, yo, we're not that close to friends. I want to fight him. Let's go. Yeah, so that's I, great. You gotta respect Sean Porter. I mean, Sean Porter like made this fight. Yeah, I, I, I love that. I love that about him. And and he's gonna get into broadcasting after his career is over. And you know, he's gonna be well regarded because outside of Mayweather and Pacquiao, he fought everyone. Uh, and, and his career is still gone. But in terms of X's and O's and how Porter should go about this fight, to me, I look at the second half of the Ugas fight with Porter. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, with Porter. And, and, you know, the first half, he tried to outbox Port, uh, Ugas. And Ugas is a master boxer, and it just did not work out for him. It's the second half of the fight when he started to maul Ugas, when he started to fight Sean Porter's style of fighting. That's how I think he needs to uh, approach this fight with with Crawford, you know, he throws Porter 71 percent of his punches are power shots. He likes to get in close and he likes to wing. He did the same thing against Spence. Uh, he took Spence out of his game a little bit, took away his jab. Spence is just too damn good. And then he, he ultimately got the win. But I think Porter needs to get inside and take this fight and throw 71 percent power shots. You know, be that type of mauling style against Crawford, because if he stands on the outside, Brad, he's he's going to let Porter. I mean, he's going to let uh, Crawford just, you know, jab. He's going to let Crawford box. you got to get in and throw a lot of power shots. Um, Are you asking me my opinion on what style he should fight? Yes. <laughs> I, I, I think that a lot of times that, you know, even though fighters have game plans, you don't really know what you can do to a guy until you kind of square up with him and catch his rhythm. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's why Sean has, you know, Sean is kind of guy, he can make you brawl when you want to box, and he can make you box when you want to brawl. Mm-hmm. You know, he's really, really interesting. He boxes more than people give him credit for. He has that little in and out rhythm where he can box. Um, I think what he has to do is find something with um with Terrence. I don't know what it's gonna be because you know, people say he has to get inside, get in there, he can get clipped. You know, because Sean kind of jumps in and raises his head up. Mm-hmm. And Crawford is a brutal, brutal counterpuncher. So, you know, he 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 ha- I agree that he has to close some distance, but he has to be very careful closing distance to Crawford. I personally, this may sound crazy. I think Crawford's gonna be the aggressor in this fight. Hmm. I think Crawford's gonna be the fighter moving forward. I think Crawford is the better puncher. Not so much the better puncher, the more accurate puncher. Oh, hands down. And, and I think that, you know, I had Karan Davis was actually sparring Crawford. Mm-hmm. And he told me the best thing about Crawford is it's not that it's, it's not his punching power, it's his punching accuracy. Yep. He hits you in vital, brutal areas. <laughs> whereas like like he he said he's very, very accurate. He keeps his eye on the target, he hits you right on the money. You know, he can hit you in different spots where a lot of guys can't even get those kind of shots through and he can get shots through. So um, Sean has to be very, very, very careful jumping in or ho- choosing how to close the distance with Crawford. Crawford has the ability to hit you with shots that you don't see. He hits everybody with these with these really, and they don't look as that hard. And then you look up and the guy's wobbling all over the ring. Yep. So, um, you know, Sean, Sean has to be very careful with that. I see Crawford pressing the action. That's interesting. So it's about 50 see- punches around. But you talk about the accuracy. He, there's He's number two in all of boxing in terms of power punch accuracy. It's 47.5%. Uh, one of the best defenders in boxing. But the thing with Crawford, I want to see what you think about this, how you would game plan for this. One thing we've noticed is that over the last, I would say, five fights, he is starting. he starts slow. He throws 20 punches in the first round, maybe 30 in the second, starts to heat up a little bit. And he, that's been the case in his, in his last couple of fights. But the thing with Porter is he also starts slow. So I, I would be interested to see if they're looking at that and maybe Porter can come out and, and jump him. But you think that Crawford's going to be the, the, the aggressor in this one. That's interesting. I think Crawford is going to be the aggressor. I think he's going to hold – I think he's going to sort of stalk Sean. Not so much pressure him, but stalk him behind his jab. And I think he's going to be the one coming forward. That's interesting. I, I, I watched watch the Ugas fight. Yep. And Ugas was stalking Sean. You know, Ugas went forward more than Sean went forward. And I think that a lot of times, Dan, when a guy is super sharp, you kind of back away from it because you don't want to get hit with it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I think that that's going to be Sean's issue in this fight. You know, Crawford is so sharp. Sometimes you got to, like, step off of it a little bit because you don't want to keep getting hit with that stuff. Um, and I think that uh, – I think Crawford – for the, I mean, I don't know if he'll be the aggressor 100% of the time. A fight is fluid. But I do think that uh, Crawford will be, you know, pr- the primary aggressor in his fight behind a jab. And I think what he's going to try to do is, like, pressure showing into mistakes – and I think that's why it's going to be such a good fight because okay. Sean's such a gamer. I think that he's going to try to trade with Crawford and, you know, jump in and out and do his thing. And I think that Sean will fight a similar fight that he fought with Earl. He mixed it up a lot with Earl. He was yep. in and out. He was stepping around. 
Um, I think that um, not so. I don't know if Crawford's so much better than Earl. I just think he's different. I think he has a more imaginative attack where Earl is kind of um he's machine he's machine like Earl Yeah. Earl Earl's like the kind of guy, you know, he's like the terminator. Boom. <laughs> yep. Boom. 70 70 around going to the body going upstairs. That's interesting. Got Something's got to give, man. Something's got to give. You got a guy in Crawford who's knocked out his last eight opponents. You got a guy in Porter who's never been stopped. Uh, a great resume of Sean Porter, great experience. You got uh, Terrence Crawford looking to make a, a statement and, and kind of rewrite the last chapter of his career. And then you got to throw on top of it all the, the PBC versus top rank stuff that people on Twitter, the sides of the street and all that stuff. It's just intriguing, intriguing fight. Uh, it's been an intriguing month. Uh, it's been a, a great November. and It's going to be a great end of the year. Bretman Edwards, love breaking down fights with you. I like uh, I think fans will learn something from this this conversation and uh we'll see saturday night it's gonna be a big oh, one man. thanks for the I time i can't wait it's a great fight yep thank you is there any way you can turn the phone the other way this way, this way. Yeah. yeah let me is that better yeah that's awesome okay Okay, so just so I had it, it's Alicia, right? Alicia. Alicia. Yes, one second. <laughs> okay, okay, yes, Alicia. Okay, got people need to know that. All right, here we yeah, go. Yeah, trust me, I'm, I'm, I'm on it. I'm on well, people it. are definitely know who you are now. That's good, so we'll, we'll talk about it. Here we go. All right, people, there is a new AB in boxing, not Adrian Broner. It's Alicia Bumgarner, and she's with us right now here on Inside Boxing Live, coming off of a huge win this past weekend. Life as a champion's got to be good. You're getting whisked all over the place. I saw you at the Pistons game up on the big screen, just touched down on Monday. It must be like a whirlwind. Take us through the last couple of days, what it's like, you know, being the champ and returning home. It's got to be crazy for you right now. Yes, it's just, you know, it's just been um, a, a roller coaster, but a roller coaster that I, I'm enjoying very much. You know, so many calls and so many congratulations and just a lot of love. You know, when you when you accomplish something so big, you know, a lot of people live that moment with you. So it's been really great. That's awesome. And I've been following you for a while and I know uh, some of your tweets where you'd be like, all I need is just one opportunity. I just want one chance. And that's all it takes in boxing. And you finally got that shot, uh, albeit a vol voluntarily, uh, voluntarily, or it's not the right word, a volunteer defense or <laughs> Terry Harper. But long story short, you got that shot and then you cashed in a big time. What is it? How does it feel? Or what was it like just knowing that you wanted that, having that ultimate uh, confidence? Um, it felt amazing. You know, I knew coming into the fight, even just any fight, the confidence has to be there. And for this fight in particular, it being a world title fight, going to the UK, being the underdog, I'm like, take advantage, step into who you are and, you know, wear that confidence and make sure everybody feels it. And I'm sure everybody did. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, felt, I, I felt that punch on my couch when I, I was watching it. <laughs> seven to one underdog. Uh, you know, a card that had back-to-back -back, uh, underdogs winning. That hasn't happened in a long time. 
it was just a really phenomenal or day on the East Coast and in a night over there. But take us through the punch. Uh, you know, I've talked to some fighters, you know, that say when they land a knockout punch, they feel it like reverberate up their arm and, and through their body. How'd you set it up and take us through that punch? A punch that ultimately is, is going to change your life. Yeah. So, you know, leading up to the fourth round, um, I knew she was going to keep coming in forward. Right. And she kept leaning, leaning in. So I knew if I timed it perfectly, she was going to run into the right hand. And I kid you not, like I shocked myself and I know (laughs) that I have power, but when, when that punch was thrown, it was just the perfect timing and she walked right into it. And I could just feel just the, the power in my hand. I'm like, wow, like that is, that's crazy. And Uh, we seen it coming, you know, we just had to be patient. And I knew that with a knockout, you can't go looking for it. Um, But we definitely set it up. We set it off the jab and um, it was the perfect shot. It landed perfectly. It was a good shot. And and you say you can't rush a knockout. I I couldn't agree more because in the second round, I believe you had her hurt and uh, people on Twitter are like, Oh, why is she sitting back? She should have went out there and got her out right then and there. But you know, you don't want to, you don't want to throw too many punches and tire yourself out. You don't want to, you know, walk into something. Was that how you felt in the second round? Exactly. Yeah. You know, we, so I knew that I had her hurt. And so you have to, as a, as a fighter, be smart in there. When you do have somebody hurt, go back to the corner, you know, see what you have to put together. And then we knew, okay, if we can set this punch up the right way, we're going to get her. So that's exactly what we did. And I listened to my, my corner and you made it happen. <laughs> oh, you certainly did uh, make it happen. What's coming up next? I mean, in terms of, I know you're promoted by Kings Boxing. I know there's some, uh, uh, you know, uh, questions out there on if Eddie has options. Can you give the fans out there some clarity on that? Yeah, so um, we definitely have um, two fights with Matchroom. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to fight Choi. I think that would be the next fight Um, under my belt. I want to get back into the ring as soon as possible, just because I like to stay um, active and, you know, fresh. So fighting Choi would be my next option, you know, taking her belt and then eventually unifying the division at 130 against um, Michaela Mayer and being crowned undisputed champion at 130. So that's how I envision it in my mind and how I see it. Um, again, just going back with my team and discussing um, what our next plan is, because, you know, we could just have another fight. Um, I think we, we have um, the excitement from the crowd. So even if it's not Choi at the moment, people would still want to see me back in there. Oh, definitely. Are you planning to fight here in the States? Um, I would like to, but I'm not, supposed, I'm not opposed to fighting in the UK. I think we gained a lot of fans over there. And um, so either way, whatever is possible, whatever's available, I'm there. Yeah, um, women's boxing is starting to uh, catch on here in, in the U.S. I wish it would have caught on uh, sooner. Uh, I cover women's boxing for Debella and part of this Broadway boxing shows, part of the Kalisha Shields pay-per-view. I love getting to know the stories, and you have a great story. We'll get to that in, in a second. But we bring up Michaela Mayer, and, man, have you guys ever met, or is it just back and forth on, on Twitter? Have you guys ever had, like, a run-in? Um, yeah, you know, we were – 
coming up in amateurs together. So, you know, I would see her. That's that's probably it, though. <laughs> well, you definitely have been trading tweets, and I think fans love that. Uh, you're not shy. She's not shy. That's the fight that you could build to. That could be a massive fight next year. Uh, you, it could be undisputed if everything settles, if you both uh, settle um, your other belts out there. That could be a massive fight. It's clear that that's it. And that's a great thing in, in boxing. It's like some of these young fighters, they don't have rivals. So they don't have, right. when they do interviews, like I always say this with Shakur Stevenson, I've said it to him before. It's like he was, before the fight with Heron, he was always left out of the discussion as like the top young fighter or the, the four kings because he didn't have a clear rival. He didn't have someone in interviews asking about him and then someone in the interviews asking about the other. So you need that. Mm-hmm. So I think with with Michaela Mayer, it's just, it's there. You got two champs, you have two marketable uh, champs and you have constant questions about the other. I mean, she had some crazy right. things to say. She said, don't get it twisted. I'm an Olympian. I'm a world champion. Y'all will see who the real queen of this division is. And you clap back pretty damn quickly. And I was like, whoa, that was a clap back. You're going to dog walker. I, I, I love it. I think that's the fight yeah. to make. I think it's, it's, it's pretty damn a natural rivalry brewing. That's clearly what you want at the end of the, at the end of the uh, line. Right. Exactly. Yes. You know, I, I told myself I didn't have to be an Olympian to be a world champion. So I crossed that off my list. Um, and I've been a queen. So we know um, what the real is. I think real boxing fans know um, who, who would crown that uh, undisputed um, champion at 130. So again, we're just going to let that brew and um, continue doing what I do best. And that's win and stay, um, stay active. Her fight with Hamadouche was something, man. That was Hamadouche threw the third most punches ever in a women's fight. Uh, it was a brawl. It was a great fight. I mean, women's boxing right now, it's it's like on an absolute tear. It's like on, week after week, there's really good fights. And I was looking at next year, and I put this tweet out and, and about how we could have like a watershed year, like a revolutionary year in women's boxing, because we could have you and Michaela uh, fight at the end of 2022. We have Shields and savannah marshall fight and we're gonna get katie taylor and amanda serrano i mean those and right. those aren't just like wish lists this isn't like mailboxing when we have these dream fights that we know that probably aren't gonna happen these are three fights right. that have a very very good shot at mm-hmm. happening and what does it feel like to be part of like a movement right now in, in women's boxing it feels amazing um you know just seeing the progression and seeing the growth and just seeing it from afar where i was before you know the bell i knew that i was going to be in the mix sooner or later and it was just amount of time about being patient and so my 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 life changed in one fight and here i am at you know world champion with two belts and i'm in the mix now everybody knows who i am and is still learning who i am so we're definitely making a statement. Do you have the belt? I, I thought maybe you'd have the belt on your shoulder for this interview. I'm feeling a little, <laughs> feeling a little slighted because I see you walking around with it everywhere. Do you, do you sleep with it? Do you look at it? Do you like in the first thing in the morning? I would. I would have that thing on me at all times. Yeah. Well, I actually they're just getting shipped um, to oh, my okay. house this week. So we, we didn't get to take them home. But I'm envisioning it and just knowing that every time I... I keep looking at the video like yeah. that's just a reminder of us like, wow, that was that was an awesome night. That was a great moment. I loved every bit of it. It got the attention of all fight fans. It's really hard to get the attention of fight fans as a whole because it's such a fragmented sport. 
Uh, but that was a big one. And because you went in there and you talked the talk and then you, you walked the walk. But uh, I read up a little bit on you and you said that it was an easy or not an easy, but uh, wrestling got you into or made it an easier transformation into boxing. Now, I wrestled <laughs> back in the day and we had two uh, we had two females on our team. And they wrestled boys and they would beat them. And it was honestly one of the funniest things was seeing <laughs> these girls beat these guys on their home mat. Did you wrestle boys? I did. Yeah. And you I'm know, sure that you was, won. Yeah. You know, the dads would be mad. Like, you let a girl beat <laughs> you? They were, you know, they were mad. But, um, yeah, it definitely um, built resilience and just um, the confidence that I, that I carry now into the sport of boxing that I am an athlete. You know, no matter what my gender is, I'm a boxer, um, just like, you know, my male counterparts. So it was dope, though. Wrestling was awesome. You know, I won um, three um, women's nationals wow. um, in wrestling, and you just transition into boxing. Would you ever think about going to MMA? I feel like that's a question that women get asked all the time in the boxing mm -hmm. world because it's just a lot of opportunities there and you have the background. Yeah, I'm not opposed to it. Um I definitely want to make my history in boxing, but MMA could definitely be an option because again, my background of, of wrestling. And I think I would dominate that sport just as, just as well. Yeah. You see Clarissa doing it, uh, you know, picked up a loss, but uh, you can't fault her for that. She's just take making big strides. Uh, there's definitely opportunities right. for, for MMA, but it's almost to the point where you don't actually have to do that. You know, maybe a few years ago, like when Amanda Serrano went to MMA, it was what she wasn't getting a lot of opportunities. Now she's on the precipice of getting like a million dollar uh, fight with Katie Taylor, having Jake Paul as her manager sure, sure helps. But I think there's a lot of light being shed on, on women's boxing. The talent pool is getting better. The fights are getting better. Uh, hopefully the pay gets what's your take on the two minute rounds I, i'm of a of the camp where i actually don't mind it i think it it gives these networks less of a uh, chance to decline buying a women's fight or uh, if it's 30 minutes opposed to 20 what, what's your stance on it um you know i see both sides i don't mind the two minutes but i can also see in a three minute round like especially championship rounds how a, a round could be really close. And if you had that extra minute, yeah. it could really sway the other way. That's like the, the positive thing that I see with three minutes, but the two minutes, you know, just right now, women's boxing is growing the way it is. I think the two minutes is fine because it, it still captures the attention to the viewer. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if the fight's not as good, three minutes is like, Oh, this is kind of boring. I want to turn it off. But two minutes goes by really quick and yeah. it's really entertaining within the two minutes. Mm -hmm. um, as you can see with my fight in four rounds, like, Two minutes was went by quick. <laughs> so I'm saying, like, I've talked to, uh, you know, executives, I've talked to people and, you know, they're more likely to put on a women's fight because it's going to be action because you have, you can't waste any time uh, mm -hmm. with, 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 with two minutes, but I'm looking forward to what's next for you uh, in and out of the ring. You're a forward model as well. That's a huge component of women's boxing. I, has, however you want to slice it. I mean, you can't deny the fact that you guys have to market yourselves other ways <laughs> that, that guys don't just have to. I mean, you look at a, a male fighter, you look at him as a fighter. What females have to go above and beyond. Do you feel like that's the case? Um, yeah. You know, I feel like again, boxing is entertainment and promotion is, is necessary um, regardless if you're a male or, you know, a female, but with regards of being a woman in the game, um, it just adds more, you know, extras to your resume, who you are and what you can do outside the ring and transition to in the ring. You know, people see 
a girl me with beauty like oh can she really fight but i really can fight you know <laughs> that's and, a big you know. component that's a big that's a big allure because you know you go to your instagram you go to your twitter it's like wait this girl's a model but no 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 she's a fight she's a world champion she's got a dynamite right hand that is intriguing that uh it's a let's be honest it's a sport that most of the fans are are male so i mean you got to go out there and get it any way you can yeah, absolutely. I think um, just building, building your resume, building your profile, building the wealth that you want um, to to come in. I think, you know, we're all capable of making the money that we want in this sport. I believe that. I believe that I will have my million dollar payday and um, you just have to continue working towards that. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. Awesome. Can't wait to see you fight again. Uh, boxing world is heating up. We're in the, one of the best months of the year. Uh, calling it the November to remember you uh, etched your name into this November because so many big fights still coming. Uh, Canelo Alvarez just announced that he might go up the cruiserweight. What do you think of that? I seen that. Good for him. You know, boxing <laughs> all for you know what's the next person going to do? I think everyone loves Canelo, so just to yeah. see him back in the ring, I think people are just excited just to see that, regardless if it's you know his cruiserweight or whatever. So, so we'll see you at middleweight then. Yeah, definitely um, super or er, welterweight. Oh, yeah, really? You want to move up? Okay, all right. I like that. It's a lot of jumping, uh, well, weight jumps going on in, in the women's side of things. But I enjoy it. Uh, keep it going. Ride this high and uh, head into the next year with big fights on the horizon. I appreciate the time. Yes, thank you so much. Thanks for having me.